are back in the Football Shed, your weekly football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone, like we do. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hi. I feel like there's not a huge <laughs> energy in the room. It's a so late one today. We are recording a bit later than usual because Jeff had a great idea about picking up a couch this evening, <laughs> which went perfectly smoothly and fine and did fit in the car in one go. So now we're here. So what, what are you drinking to recover, Jeff? Red wine from a drive-in bottle shop. For those who do not live in Australia, the drive-in bottle shop is just a wonderful thing. I mean, think <laughs> that one through. Yep. You drive in, you ask a little bloke, you bring to your bottle of wine, you pay. When you, I don't think I've ever done that. You I never, just, never ask a little bloke. No, I just park and get out, go out and go. No, and get it. you just, you just, quicker. you go, Gaston, Gaston, <laughs> and he comes over and he goes, "What do you want? I'm like, a red wine?" He goes, "Oh, what? what? I'm like anything for fifteen bucks." Is that what you, I was going to say, because red wine, there's a lot of different... Oh, it's just a Shiraz, about $15. Because, again, you, I'm embarrassed if I go about $6. <laughs> so, about $15, he goes, how many do you want? I said, two. He just said, is this all right? Like, yep. yep. Don't have to get out of your car. Swipe your card. See you later. Yeah. Essentially, you just then open it and drive away. <laughs> and drink, drink Would wine. you like it in a paper bag, sir? <laughs> than just getting out and choosing. Yeah, but we live in a world where you can click your fingers and a little man will bring you wine, Rog. This is the dream. I don't think clicking the fingers is part of it. You're not Gaston! Meant- <laughs> um, Rog, before we ask what your beers have got, Jeff gave you a bit of a crap last week for talking slowly about your beers, but then Facebook has responded and said that they like the beer chat. Yes. Just a disgrace. Here to stay. The fans have spoken, Jeff. <laughs> so, Jeff, uh, Rog, what beers are you drinking? No, I don't want to talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tonight, John, <laughs> I will mostly be drinking a Isthmus PK's Hazy IPA from sunny New Zealand. Wow. Auckland, I think. Yeah, it's all right. Sounds like a wanker beer. Delicious. And I've got a Hawker's Pale. Um, I've got this um, great $5 Aldi one. (laughs) (laughs) I've not had it for two weeks. I I haven't seen that one before. No, this is a really good one. El Toro Macho. Wow. You cannot buy it in drive-thru. I really hope that um, due to this... Uh, coronavirus outbreak or something it has an effect on the Audi wine supplies <laughs> and you're not able to get your El Toro no it's Argentina it's fine well I just but I would like to see you slowly like climbing the walls <laughs> yeah. when you can withdraw to get your craving yeah um, and we've got a question to start with um, but before we do that a bit of admin if you want to get in contact ask us a question tell us we're wrong about something or suggest different ways of buying wine um, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, tell your mates so more people can hear Roger's wonderful <laughs> beer recommendations. Um, now, this week's question is actually a question we've had before. Oh, yeah. Great. That sounds great. Good one, John. We've been doing it a while now, so we're probably it's repeating probably, ourselves y- a lot. Yeah, it's probably three years ago we've had this question, but it's got a new answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, a guy called Samata scored for Aston Villa this week, and he's the first ever Tanzanian to score in the Premier League. Oh, the new okay. signing. Yes. Um, also, Aston Villa's first headed goal of the season. How crap is that? Wow. We're like 25 games in, wow. they haven't scored one header. Yeah, that's damning. I've I, kinda, I, he's the first Tanzanian to play in the Premier League. Yeah. So, But now the stats changed to the first Tanzanian to score. And I'm like, well, 
it's one stat. Shut up. No, you can have two. It's like it's like no, being an Olympic it's, swimmer, just, right? It's, yeah. Like, it's, like it, okay, so Olympic <laughs> swimming, right? Who's that bloke? That Eric Phelps, bloke. Mr. Phelps. Mr. Phelps. Not Eric. Right. Mr. Phelps has got the record for the most Olympic medals. Right. Yeah. He's won the most golds. But come on, because swimming's not really swimming. A sport. It's just well, and and like we've essentially said, okay, mate. Right. You run now. You run with your hand on your head. Now <laughs> run. Rub your tummy. At the same yeah. time. <laughs> You know, pat your head, pat your head and, and rub your tummy. Okay, now I'll run quickly, but flap your arms. That's essentially what he does. Like He's a good swimmer, so now we let him go backwards. We let him go on his head and we give him another gold medal for it. So it's just nonsense. Giving him out. Yeah. They're giving him out. Just for fun. Fair point. Um, so the question is, how many different nationalities, players from different nationalities, have scored in the Premier League? Four. No, it's more than four. Five. <laughs> We have had this guy remember this question, yeah. right? but I can't remember the answer. Uh, well, there's 190... 196. Six countries. Uh, 62. Mm, more than that. I think 63. 117. Yeah. Well, that's quite a lot. It's yeah. a lot of people in a lot of world from a lot of world. From a lot of world. <laughs> a lot of people from a lot of countries. Yeah. Um, which I think is quite amazing. 117. But... Uh, he did score for Villa at the weekend, but they lost to Bournemouth 2-1. And I wanted to start this week at the bottom of the Premier League because everyone's going on and on about Spurs and Man City, which in my opinion was a bit boring, but we'll get onto that in a minute. But I want to start at the bottom of the Premier League because the bottom of the Premier League is really interesting. Um, and I think we need to start with West Ham against Brighton 3-0, which was just a game of utter chaos. A chaos is a nice word for nonsense. Yes, I'd say there is so crap. much nonsense <laughs> in that game. Both West Ham goals they they can see it's yeah. absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Like the the second one with uh, the the, punch. the no the okay the punch was bad. <laughs> the punch was, was bad. Punch, punch into his went, face. Went into the back of his head and went yeah, in. Yeah. 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 But then the second one where the two defenders were just like looking at each other going oh, yeah. Come to on, to someone to someone 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 Wait a minute, who's going to be taking responsibility? Is it me? Nah, it's not me. It's not me. Is it you? No. Okay, it's, okay so it's me. By that point, what the hell? And then to see the ball trickle over the line so, so maddeningly slowly, you're like, well, a steward could have kicked that, could have saved that. Yeah. But no, the, the goalkeeper on the pitch is... Was it he tried to head it back to the keeper though, yeah? That was the... No, no, he got his pocket picketed. Pocket yeah. picketed? No, what picketed, was the picketed, one... picketed, pocketed. Was that, that was West Ham. He tried to head the ball back. Was that this game? No, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. no. Yeah, because really. this o one that came out. tried to head the ball back to the keeper. I don't. There was so many disasters in defence. I can't remember exactly which was which. But I think that was the worst because it was like the centre backs had a mix up. I'm sure it was this game. Yeah, the centre backs had a mix up, and then rather he could have just punted it. By this point, yeah. he's under pressure from the yeah. from the player, um, and he suddenly realised that. But then in a moment of calm in the storm he's like it's okay I can head it back to the keeper and he can pick it up but then he completely fluffs the header and the Gets guy, guy and runs, yeah, yeah. runs in the squad yeah. and I'm like well, hold on why didn't you just boot it out yeah. you had all the time and like, the, they, yeah then it just trickled, they don't trickled, do trickled, that trickled, as much trickled. anymore though it's like there's always this I think it's almost harder being a defender because I feel like there's always this expectation like you know, without sounding like a dinosaur, twenty years ago, it just wouldn't have thought about it. Just hoof it, just out. Hoof it out. And sometimes that is actually the best thing to do. And when you're at the bottom of the league and struggling for points and struggle, like you're three-one up, 
Like, yeah, I've I've heard some anti Moyes rhetoric this week, and I wanted to um I guess if I'm going to have an opinion on this game, which of course I I do because yes. we talk about football every week. Yes. So my opinion is that this one's got nothing to do with David Moyes. No. These are these are errors, and the the thing is with Moyes is um what he's always been, and I'm going to say exceptionally good at, at manage, as a manager, which is what he meant that Moyes. um meant that he wasn't a success at Manchester United. So it's the same thing. Is it, he was and is an expert at setting a team up to beat another team. Yeah. So he doesn't have a style himself. We, we spoke about this before. He, he has no ethos. Yes. He has no has no 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 style philosophy. or philosophy or, or tactic. He's what a he pragmatist. Does, He's more from the Mourinho school. Yeah, he, he looks at the opponent. And he looks at where you can you can get to the source of your of the danger and tries to make sure that he you know takes the ball before the ball's danger to you and, and reacts quickly. Which means that when he wins, it looks like it's always a good performance. When he loses, you you go back and you look at the lineup and you're like, well, what were you doing? Mm. And West Ham played five at the back in this game. And you think, okay, five at the back when you're playing a relegation rival, that's not very um, forward thinking. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to win this game. Well, actually, David Moyes is, is never really trying to win the game. I know he t- says he's a winner, yeah. but what he d- tries to do is make sure the other team doesn't win the game. Now, that's not in setting up, you, you, you know, parking the bus what that's doing is is taking the steam out of the opponent and then and then and finding a way to finding an opportunity yeah. you know and then making sure you're sharp when you find those opportunities and to be 2-0 up i think that was looking good but then to be let down so extremely badly by by his defenders you can't blame the manager for that but then you, you i understand why you would retrospectively go back and go, well, look at the way he set his team up um west ham have just played brighton as he said a relegation rival their next few games Man City away, Liverpool away, so that's a good next two, no points there. Southampton at home, Southampton reform team at the moment, Arsenal away, Wolves at home, Wolves going for top four, Spurs away, Chelsea at home. They're so fucked. That's like their next seven games. They are screwed. I think they're in trouble, yeah. I, I And I was actually, in this game, I was really glad that Brighton came back. Yeah. But I have concerns about Brighton for different reasons than West Ham. I, I get on to West Ham. Um, but there's a big possum up there. I just saw. I thought it was a rat. Um, <laughs> I've lost my flow. But uh, distracted by a possum. I just Brighton remind me a little bit of Blackpool yeah, when okay. they were up. In that I really like Potter. I like what he's trying to do. They've got they've got a plan. They're trying to. I mean, maybe it's a bit harsh. I think they've got more structure than, than Blackpool had. But they, you know, they've got a way of playing. They've, you know, they've, they've got a plan. They're trying to sign players that play to the, you know, the way they want to play, and they're good to watch, and it's exciting, and the games are good. And I, yeah. I'm enjoying every time I watch Brighton. I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time, and I want them to stay in the Premier League. But they just have this slight level of naivety in a lot of what they do. They miss too many chances, and they concede too many easy goals. The goals they conceded against West Ham were really poor. Like we talk about the West Ham goals mm. as well, but. I mean, the, the ones Brighton conceded with Port and they keep doing that. And that has me really worried about them because I just, you can't, they've been doing that for the season so far. They're just above the relegation zone. You know, if they continue to do that, I think they're going to be right in the mire. This, this, I, I have more faith that they have a plan B than I did when we fear about Blackpool or we look at Norwich. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. And I think um, yeah. extending Sir Glenith of Murray's contract. Uh, Was it Hamble? No, it wasn't a handball. Because we literally have a whole system in place to work out whether it was or was not a handball. I, I just don't, and if it's if we have to go that level, I don't want to know. 
<laughs> fuck, fuck off VAR. I hate I hate you already. Like, if it's that hard, switch it off. Yeah. Just I when I was I'm going to digress very quickly. I was watching the Chelsea Leicester game and a little snapshot of the yes we might fix it at the end of the year, but it's literally it comes up on the screen. Everyone puts their hands in their pockets. The referee, the players, you can see the fans. Everyone's just standing around. This thing goes on the screen. It's like that little thing on the computer when the computer's thinking. You get really annoyed. You're like, your computer just works. Stop thinking. And VAR's doing that. And the whole time, I can feel my hackles starting to rise. Just make a decision. Just like, or show us. Yeah. So they'll change it. But with the Glenn Murray one, if it's that hard... Just don't. Yeah, no one's going to argue with that. Yeah, no, no but the, okay, okay, I agree with you, Rog. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but I've heard quite a bit of debate this week about whether it was or was not a handball. Yeah. And I, I say it facetiously, John, that there is a system in place to work out exactly whether it was a handball. <laughs> yeah. That system took four minutes and said no, and said no, and so it's not about a hundred and sixty times of, a, of replay to look and see whether it was a handball, Sounds and like it was AFL goal. So then still. <laughs> Eight hours later, there's pundits going, oh, actually, you know, I'm not sure that the AI got it right. Maybe it's happened. Why, why do you think yeah. your old man, white, privileged it's, it's, eyes are better than, than... Oh, I'm pretty sure I looked like handball. Had the feel of handball <laughs> yeah. about it. Had the yeah. magic of a handball. Like, come on, let they, it go. You're wrong in, and technology is right. They're Glenn Murray on the radio and they asked him, like, so was it handball? He's like... No, of course not. I'm not going to sit on the rain and go, yeah, it was actually. Yeah, but like, what are we doing asking yeah. him? We know it wasn't. We literally waited four agonising minutes to, to completely pull apart whether it was or wasn't. So, so it wasn't. Uh, Brighton and West Ham. So yeah, Brighton. Brady, but, uh, who's, West uh, who's Ham, down, one or both? West Ham down, Brighton up. Um, West Ham down. West Ham down. Yeah. Really, wow. Well, really? Oh. I yeah. Just, now I'm on board. Uh, did you? Uh, before, before you go on, the reason yeah. I want West Ham to go down is I just we've spoken a little bit about West Ham the last few weeks about the disaster that will happen if they do go down and how they haven't got any scouts and they haven't got any training facilities. And there's part of me that just like they grabbed the Olympic Stadium and took that on for free, basically. I want it all to go wrong. I hate the Dildo Brothers and just watching two old white men. I feel sorry for West Ham fans, but for the because the Dildo Brothers are in charge, I just want them to just crumble and go away. Well, I, I saw something this week that made me just really hate them more yeah. and, and want oh, West Ham to fail in the, with the fans. That this guy um, at the Liverpool game, mm. I can't remember his name, but he was one of the official flag bearers for West Ham at the Liverpool game. And um, he wore a protest T-shirt that essentially said, um, had the initials. So it had uh, SGB out. Yeah. Sullivan, Golden, Brady out. Yeah. And anyway, it's obviously come to light this week after the game. And he's now been banned from attending any game, any West Ham game for the rest of the year. Because they're saying that you know it didn't comply with the policy of um, they said it was going you know going to incite hatred or incite abuse uh, or something like that. And I think as a long suffering West West Ham, he's fans, been the fan for forty years. They've been there for five or ten. Like, well, and I also feel like do they are they really going whether it's right or wrong? Is this reaction where they're banning a fan who is probably deeply involved in the club given he's a flag bearer yep. is the reaction of banning him for the rest of the year going to improve the situation whereas i think if if they would have come out and said we don't agree with how he's done it um 
but, but we we're happy to, we're happy to sit down and we'll listen to what you've got to say or just something like that yes. like giving the fans back something that would engage with the club and i think one of the problems west ham have got at the moment is these guys don't have a clue and the fans are unhappy makes that makes Moy's job even more difficult because he's trying to balance between you know the the owners and the fans and the players rather than just focusing on getting the team playing football and I, I mean okay I, so, I so if you if you stood in the door of an Apple shop going iPhones are shit iPhones are shit iPhones are shit before you said iPhones are shit I was thinking of like a fruit shop <laughs> no, no, no. no you went to the Apple store where was the way he was saying and you, just, and you just stood there saying get that your you get kicked out you get kicked out and banned from the shop because you're causing a scene. It get like it's, it's the the shop owns the shop. The shop owns the brand. You, they have every right to stop you standing there saying iPhones are shit. Just that's like a, they have every but, right to that's say that's a bit different. You can't just come in a t-shirt anymore. on. Yeah, and a football club doesn't exist without the fans. A football club. Is, Apple doesn't is, exist without customers. No, you, you, yes, there is, there is an issue. Do you really always, believe in what you're saying or are you just trying to mount no, I'm ju- an opposing no, argument? I, I, I just genuinely think that I don't think he should be kicked out. I don't think he should be banned. But I genuinely think they have the right to do it. Oh, I agree. So, no, no, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But what I suppose what I'm saying is, I don't think their reaction is going to help. No, no absolutely no. not. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite on board with the hate yet. It's compelling. Yeah. You, you two are making compelling <laughs> arguments to why I should want West Ham. You to are go wearing down. quite a West Ham coloured jumper, maroon, and you do love David um, Moyes. No, well. David Moyes, we have a love-hate relationship. I tell you, he's caused some emotion in my life, that man, for a ginge. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I agree, John. I usually love the chaos. I usually love to see pretty things fall apart and yeah. get destroyed in public. And, and that's a good thing. Um, but there is... I have more sympathy for the situation that those fans and that club find themselves in than I do for other clubs in that same situation. I yeah, do think okay. that it wasn't too long ago that they were... You know, in the championship, a bit of a yo-yo club at Upton Park. You know, they were a club with heart and with with history and and with a bit of a soul. Without getting yeah. too emo yeah. about it, they were a club that you could have, you could have feel like yeah. as a as you know you know those things that the streets will never forget. Like like you feel associated with West Ham, even though they're not your club. You can look at that and you can associate to be what it is yeah. to be a football fan and and to and to walk down those London streets and go to that venue. So when I see what's happened now. And I see that the next step is obviously a complete dismemberment. You know, if they go down, they mm. they're so fucked that that, that plane's pop- going to take a while That's to exactly bottom out. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I'm not sure it will bottom out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that there's there's any way back for what it. Would it. Do you think there's a contingency agreement in place? in terms of the stadium, if they do go down? There no. must. There must well, be. No, the, they, they've, just, they've rented it for however many years. So, so they'll they keep renting it. They've just yeah. got to keep renting it and they've signed the lease. The other th- so the- they'll just keep losing money? Yeah. Because when they're not filling it or... Yes. It's the security. Is it? Security is cost- yeah. costing more money than, than yeah. any other part of that stadium. And um, they've signed Jared Bowen, I think it is. Yeah, from Hull. From Hull for 20 mil. Who he, like, he's had a good season so far in the Championship. Yeah. So... There's but they and so he's a striker and he could be what the Haller's not really blown the world <laughs> apart and he's my flop of the year so I think he's been awful. You're <laughs> plugging yourself here. Yeah. No, but um, the Bowen deal um, for him to go to West Ham took longer than planned 
because he refused to sign unless there was a relegation clause in there that he could leave if they get relegated. Wow. So because the West Ham players don't have relegation clauses in their contracts, and I, that's I've got to fact check that. Okay. They do have a fifty percent reduction in their in oh, the, they do in their, in their clause. I spoke, all players. I spoke to spoke to my source. I can't say <laughs> all players. But they, was it they last do. week that you we had and, um, sources around the world? Or the, um, this one's just look, in look London. Mate, busy man. I'm connected. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that where the, you got, is that where you got your couch from? From your connections? Yes, free in it. <laughs> my sources are down in Clifton Hill. Geezers. Um, so they they do have, a, or at least the majority have a relegation okay. wage drop. This bloke um, didn't want a relegation wage drop, and in order to agree that he would have that put in his contract. They put he negotiated or his agent negotiated a very small buyout clause. Okay, so, so they go down. If they go down. Yes, he'll have his wages cut, but someone could buy him for like twenty two million or something, yeah, which is peanuts okay. for that kind of player. Yeah. So um, so he's like, okay, well you can well, pay me he's less. Just got bought for that. So he's got six months of playing at West Ham. They get relegated or go somewhere else. I find it a bit so, weird. He was so precious about like going back and playing in the championship. Which is where he's playing his football at the moment. Like, well, you'd argue, bit... unless, unless they doubled his... Even if they doubled his money, then getting relegated in six months and losing half of the doubled money, he's back to where he started. It, and yeah. looking at a car crash. So from his, from his perspective, why would he do that? True. Um, let's move off West Ham and Brighton. Last last last, oh, last thing. Uh, when we're talking about clubs like that, we saw it with Leeds. Uh, yes. I just think that there is, there is an equivalence here, looking yeah. at what's happening with West Ham. And obviously Sutherland. West Ham have not yeah. hit the heights of Leeds or the height of lead that Leeds did, but look at the way and look at how long it's taken for them to actually rebuild. And I, I think that um, West Ham should be looking at that with great fear. Hell yes. Um, Brighton, so it's West Ham against Brighton. Brighton next weekend play Watford, so that's going to be a huge game in the relegation battle. Watford played in a game this weekend and went 2-0 up against Everton and looked great and then decided they can't defend a corner for crap in a 30 second window before mm. half time and it was too all somehow. Big Yerry Mina pops up. And then Everton have Delph sent off. Yeah. And yep. Theo Walcott scores his first goal of the season and you win 3-2, Jeffa. Did was... you you saw the assist for Theo Walcott's the, goal? The, the missed Charleston. kick. No, Moise Keane's <laughs> Mo- missed Moise kick. Keane's like perfect missed kick. So oh, no, I didn't. Richarlison breaks <clears throat> yeah, down I the left. Yeah, I thought it was got And the then assist. he passes it across to Moise Keane, who's in the middle. He goes to, I think, shoot. Yeah, he goes to shoot. Definitely goes to and shoot. And he kind of shins it, but it shins it perfectly into the line oh, for Walcott. Yeah, yeah to... it's almost, it is the perfect. Good run perfect by Richarlison. Great run. I've got to say, Everton played crap, uh, had a player sent off, but they won. That suggests to me that something's happening there that's good. They're playing for each other. They're playing for Ancelotti. You're up to ninth in the league, four or five points off fifth. It seems to me that something's happening at Everton that looks good. Do you agree as a fan? I, or you... I do. I've read a few um, a few things that um, that uh, back that up, and I'll, I'll bring up two of them. One is Michael Keane. The other one is Theo Walcott. Yeah. So I'll start with Theo Walcott. During the um, he's still crap though, isn't he? Yeah, of course he's crap. I'm not. I'm not going to com- compliment him <laughs> as so a crap. player every time. But, he's like Shane Long when he's out there. I'm just like fuck off, Theo. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, give it up. Give it up. Yeah. But he was saying that since Ancelotti's come in, they've they've um they've gone out as a team. 
That they've yeah, actually okay. gone out and they've enjoyed each other's company and they, they've they've got to know each other off yeah. the pitch. Angelotti loves wine. Yeah. Even Theo. Even Theo. Past bedtime so, with his mm. cup of cocoa. But supposedly Theo's quite an instigator of, of these these kind of oh. these dinners and <clears throat> these pajama nights parties. Out. And um, <laughs> and and that's something that he said. Like he actually went, oh, it's been great to get to. He goes, I, I turn up for work every day and and I know their skills as footballers, but it's been great to actually get to know them as as people. And hearing him kind of genuinely, so that's a good thing, yeah. right? Um, second is is. Michael Keane, right now. Michael Keane's not didn't start the weekend. Uh, yeah. Mason Holgate, by the way, it's been brilliant. Oh, I was going to ask you about him because I think he, yeah. and it actually was before um, Ancelotti came in. He'd had he played a few games before that, and he I think he's been really good. He's he's been like, excellent, and and if he doesn't get any a sniff near the England side, I think it's disgraceful. I was going to say next squad. I wouldn't be surprised if he's because he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely, he's going to sign a new deal. But uh, so Michael Keane's been been on the bench, right? Um, Michael Keane has said that what has changed for him recently, he started doing yoga. Oh wow! Like he, he Michael Keane's that? like six foot six and a big bloke. So he started doing yoga. He's seen a sports psychologist. Um, he's talked about his first season at Everton being tough and doubting himself. So he started doing yoga every day, changing his diet, going to going to talk to someone. Like yeah. he's so open about it. He said, "I go to talk to someone yeah. and I talk about football, I don't I talk about sport, flippant, talk about my life." Wouldn't like with Premier League. Yeah, it's like you know the the pinnacle of football. Wouldn't every club have those people, things but, happening? They have them, but it's it's got to be your personal prerogative to go and yeah, use it. Yeah, do you it. utilize it? And that takes it can it's, it's still macho yeah, environment. For, so you still got to go. No, I want to go and talk to someone. So what wasn't? So this this the fact that these things are news yeah. makes me feel about what wasn't happening at Everton. Now you're right. Everton should have lost that game two 0 mm. and Everton under Marcus Silva would probably have lost that game three 0 because yeah. he'd have put five strikers on. Yeah, just like he did, just like he did every other time yeah. he was losing. But there's something going on in that team that's given them a bit of belief, and and that in itself is really heartening. I, as kind of side note, but kind of related, I listened to an interview with Kieran Trippier this week, um, and he's out at Atletico Madrid, and he was asked whether he had to like sing a song when you arrive. So it's a very uh, English football club thing. If you're a new signing or whatever, mm. you come in and you have to sing basically your karaoke song in front of everyone and everyone laughs at you. He's like, no, I didn't have to, to sing a song, but I just had to stand up in front of everyone and talk about me a bit. So they asked, like, am I married? Do you have kids? Where are you from? And they got to know me. Didn't they all just start chanting and calling him Rooney, though? No, that, that happens later. Costa. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That happens later, yeah. yeah. But he said, the first thing I said to everyone was, this is who I am. So instantly... The 25, 30 guys that I work with know that I have two kids and a wife and it's the first time I've lived abroad. And there's that instant connection rather than going, oh, he can sing. Just go, go out with the lads and embarrass them. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's that connection where you end up, you, the teammates go, oh, I can ask about how your kids are getting on at school or I can invest in what you're doing. And then you care about them. And I think it's and, a much I, I smarter way of doing it. Yeah, and I think that's, I agree. I think it's much smarter and it's, I think it's more important now with, yeah. the, and I don't, I don't think it's because like there's a, I think there's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's a, you know, people are mistaken. Um, it's not the word I'm looking for, but yeah. when like a lot of the old pundits say, oh, it's because you know kids are are softer now, they're not leaders, and, and, not, and you know that's why we have to do things differently. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that at all. I think it's just more that we now understand more that these things are actually important to yeah. understand what people are actually thinking and feeling and some of these barriers have been broken down that it is more acceptable to just 
have a chat and talk about who you are and actually that works a lot better than just going out and getting pissed and trying to pretend like you're having a great time and standing mm, up and singing yes. karaoke so i i mean i exactly right exactly I, right. I think that's important the thing with um uh i i just ever ever improve i still watch that game i still think sigurdsson is a bit of a Square peg, round hole. I yeah, think his time's gone. He's too slow. Slows you down. Still, well, I know he doesn't doesn't play number ten. He puts in a great mm. cross, but I just I think he takes away from your team more than he adds to it. I think that's got to change. I worry about Watford. I want to yeah. talk about Watford a little bit. I think they played really well in this game, and they've obviously been brilliant since Pearson came in. We talked about Deeney. But they, they're still 19th. They were a long way back. Yeah. And it is really, when you are so far back, it's really hard because you get that bounce, you get that momentum and you play well, but they've got to keep doing that. To, they've got to go again. Yeah. And that's why this weekend, so this weekend's the first weekend of the winter break. So you only get half a set of games. So there's only four this week and six next week. But Brighton-Watford this weekend, for me, is the game of the weekend because... Watford are three points behind Brighton, so it would squeeze the whole thing up if Watford win it. Can I put you on the spot again? Go on. Watford. Are they going down? Yeah. Yes, because I predicted some at the start of the season too. Uh, <laughs> Backing myself in. I'd say I'd say yes, but they're in no way as bad a space as uh, West Ham. But I, but I would say that they're going down. I Although, so what we're saying is the bottom three are the bottom three, and, and I guess that give, puts no, Norwich going to get out of it. Um, Somebody gets dragged in always. But I got look. We've been banging on about how good Wolves are this year, and uh, Everton are sitting two points behind Wolves. And with what happened to that Newcastle game two weeks ago, when Everton threw away two points, I think that is not a sign of how good Everton are. It's a sign of how good Carlo Ancelotti is. Yeah, because they were in the relegation zone when when hmm. uh, Silver left. True, and he's lost one game. And again, I think, but also uh, how Fer- tight the league is too. Yeah, and Ferguson's had a good influence on that. But it doesn't. It doesn't you've got to still win the games. You've got to still get the points. Like a tight league is forgiving for those in the middle of it. However, in order to get out of a tight league, you still have to win. And you look at teams like Arsenal and Burnley. The Arsenal Burnley result this week was nil nil. They're sitting tenth and eleventh. You've got to get the points. You've got to win yeah. to but get out of a tight league. Surprised. It's still tight. Like, but Ancelotti's record as a manager stands up yeah. as some of the you know the premier managers in Europe in the history of the Premier League like he's a very very good manager like he's got a great record he's won the Champions League three times and no one's really talking about Everton it's kind of the perfect scenario where he's come in halfway through a season and he can have the whole of this second half of the season to suss out his team work out who he likes who he doesn't like quietly get on with it if Everton finished ninth tenth everyone will go yeah right if you've magically finish fifth everyone will go oh he's done brilliantly if you finish 14th everyone will go oh it's a bit bad well if Everton win at the weekend they're, they're sitting in sixth and you'll have money again won't you yes. yes we talk about the three year cycle so I'm sure he would have thought about that when he took on the job it's the okay I'll suss it out or coach him, coach him out of this problem and then I'll yeah, buy a bunch of players and then I yeah. will actually have a decent project because I'll, I, I know they've got money in mm. terms of the owners and they'll yeah. back me in in the summer so I mean it I don't know. I feel like you've been on a bit of a roller coaster for the last three years. Well, it's Everton, but it's Hopefully a roller coaster that always ends in seventh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's ups and downs, but it always it has to stop somewhere. John. It look, stops at the start. I, I, I look back on my time sitting in eighteenth and going, "Oh, well, that was it was interesting, wasn't yeah. it?" Um, so the other teams that I want to talk about that were near the bottom was Bournemouth beat Villa two one. 
Um, massive game, massive huge result. Win. Since we slagged off Eddie on the pod, they've won and, two in a row. Yeah, um, and they won <laughs> two in a row with ten men. Um, Jefferson Lerma was sent off. Do you know? In the last four and a half seasons, he's got sixty-six yellow cards. Yeah, I was going to say. Are you kidding 66? me? Sixty-six. Yeah. You is should he, say that for next week's does question. Does his reputation precede him, or is he just a dirty, dirty bastard? A bit of both. I think he like, loves a hack. Yeah, he does. Um, and I think because referees are looking out for him, when he doesn't do the worst fouls in the world, he gets a yellow Still card. But then he's also going to chuck in a hack every so often. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, you're right. It's been a very good couple of weeks for Bournemouth because they've suddenly gone from... Well, I mean, they're, but still, they're still in it, though. You still know, right in it, but yeah. they've won two in a row. If they hadn't won those two, it was a real pickle. And they play Sheffield United away this weekend, which I can't see them getting anything out of. Um, it's so tight though like two yeah. wins Bournemouth had two wins now they're four points off Arsenal I still worry about Villa too I don't they've obviously we know they've got um, some, some injuries yeah. um, and I also don't think they as well as signing um, Samata uh, yeah the, the uh, Tanzanian Tanzanian yeah they also signed Bojo Baston Baston from Swansea yeah who was on 120 grand a week at Swansea wow Whoa! Not yeah. doing much. No. Is he really gonna, you know, be the solution? I don't know if he is. To me, they still look like a club that I think John the John McGinn injury was a big one. He's still out for a little while. I think. Yeah, he's got a few months. Um, they but, rely on Grealish so. Much. Yeah, and he's so good. Every time I watch him, I'm like, this this kid is a real player, not mm. but real real player. And I think outside of that. Um, they struggle a bit. I love that we can't mention him without calling him a knob. Yeah. <laughs> really or in my head, whenever I talk about him, I'm like Lee Hendry. Lee Hendry. Oh, they are really? one. Oh, yeah. just the oh, yeah, does, just the hair. Yeah, he looks yeah. a bit yeah. like Lee Hendry and played for Villa. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the, the more we do that, the more I have this internal I have like this, this internal reaction. Yeah. Like every time I hear the the words James Madison internally, I'm like prick. <laughs> <laughs> Such a prick. And the thing is, he's such a good footballer and he's mentioned all the time, but yeah. in, t- in my head, I'm just a prick, yeah. prick. So it just sticks. It really yeah. just yeah. sticks. Poor, and, and poor Jack Grealish is like, sorry, mate, but you've fallen into, into, into my category. Yeah, into the category. Um, let's move off the bottom to go to the very under, other end of the league. Let's start with Liverpool. Liverpool played badly mm-hmm. and won 4-0. And they've been doing that all year? Yeah. I, I, like, they were at half-time. I'm not sure where... That came from, but they suddenly they win 4-0. I just, I, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I just loved watching Liverpool second half in this it game. It was so good. The The way they score goals is so refreshing. Well, then the first goal comes from a possible Danny Ings penalty. Yeah. Um, and he goes through, and it's a bit of a stumble, and not, it shouldn't be a penalty. But Robinson's in the de- penalty area defending at that point. And then they do three or four passes. Robinson's doing a back heel right on the other yeah, far end. That goal was so great. And then Firmino flicks it through his legs and Oxley chamberlain scores a wonder there's goal. no one else in the Premier League. But I don't know. I think I'd go so far as to say there's no one in Europe at the moment who's doing that. Like Luke no. Organ did that. They're the best in that, the world right that, now. That um, speed of... Um, change and yeah. transition like you, you know you talk about Mourinho loving that transition but Liverpool are doing it. and I think the thing the reason Liverpool can pl- play badly or not so well and still win is one because they're so good so they're still playing yeah. badly is quite good but also they have so many weapons mm. they have so many different ways that they can get you and they're so good at the back 
Like, and they've improved, you know, I, t- I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like Joe Gomez mm. has kicked on again and Liverpool were already looking really good defensively. But since he's come back in second time around this season alongside Van Dijk, they just don't concede a goal. So not only have they got all these ways that they, that they can hurt you, it's so hard to score mm. against them because they've got a great keeper, you know, two great centre-backs. The full-backs will give you a chance, but at the same time, they get 20 assists a season. Yeah. <laughs> so. And they're being very smart. So look at the transfer window, right? And and, and this this says everything you need to know about Liverpool is, is they identified their player. He was in on the 1st of January and they were like, done. Nah, for done. seven and a half mil. Yep, yep. done. And there was done. No, no more, no more rumours. Thanks. We literally we had one player in mind. That was what we needed to not not replace. He's not going to walk into the first team to replenish our squad. Keep no competition fanfare. for places. Yeah. Just get this bloke in January first. He can play all the January games, and we're done. And Klopp wasn't asked once in the transfer window about transfers. You look, watch at Lampard at Chelsea, Solskjaer at Man United. They're constantly going, "Are you going to buy anyone? What are you going to do?" Klopp's not asked the question once because he's like, "No, we're doing this, and we're done." Yep. And, that, and that, that means that they have a they have a plan. I'm sorry, but some of that's because you're winning, though. Again, like yeah, of course, it's, we, you, we, you know, it's much easier to be. We congratulated yeah. Man City on doing the yeah. same thing when they were winning. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up in this game in the first half, um, the left back whose name's just fallen out of my head. Who's left back? Liverpool's Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, I was like Robinson. No, Robertson. Andy Robertson. Um, he did a pass back to Allison. Yeah, and Allison picked it up. And nothing happened of it. It was a pass back. Yeah, it was, it was a pass back. 100%, 100% pass back. Oh, it was a, and Watch like, it. It's a pass back. Three yeah. yards out. And at that point, it's nil-nil. I don't, I don't think Southampton are going to go on and win that game. No one ever scores from those um, pass backs. Indirect free no. Yeah. no one knows what to but do. But I love it. I always get so excited. About, oh, yes, one of these. This is crazy. Because like, you get like 10 players on yeah. the goal line. Yes. And no one ever practices It's like a, yeah. like a tumble drive. I was it? a bit it's angry. Brilliant. I was deprived of one of those moments. I was actually standing up and like, no, it's pass back. It's pass back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, I just thought it was more of a coming together, but I 100% thought that was a pass back. Yeah. Um, so the other big top of the table clash, well, there's actually two others, but we'll go with Spurs-Man City first. Um, Spurs beat Man City. Um, over the two games this season, Spurs have taken five points. Well, they've won one and drawn one against... Man City, so Man City dropped five points. Man City have had 49 shots in those two games. Spurs have had six. Spurs have scored four goals. Man City have scored two. Wow. It's ridiculous. The extended highlights of this game are amazing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's literally like chance after chance after chance for City. Missed penalty, probably should have been another um, another penalty. Again, again, again. The only Spurs highlights, two goals. Yeah. Nothing else happened. You'd be sick of the sight. I don't think you can read too much into it. I don't want to clap Mourinho on the bat particularly. I think Man City just... uh, One amazing save from um, Lloris. I thought at first Aguero just hit the post. Yeah, he gets his foot um, on it. And he got his foot on it. I think that was a brilliant save. And obviously he saved the penalty. Um, Bergwijn. 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 (laughs) Bergwijn. We even uh, did five minutes on this before we started, Roger. Great goal. Bergwin. Excellent like love goal. the yeah. love the chest and immediate volley. But I don't I don't I don't really know what to think too much about Spurs because it was more that Man City should have won you this game. You can barely judge Spurs on this game at all. Yeah. No, I the only thing I thought about Spurs is that they are more and more becoming a Jose team. And boring. I just can't <laughs> stand Jose Mourinho. Like everything in me hates him. Yeah. He's anti football. 
what he does to players, what he does to teams, the way he speaks to people. But you can beat Man City 2-0. Th- this game... Four points off fourth, John. This, this game was a perfect scenario <laughs> of Jose Mourinho being on the bench, all like doing his smug little smiles, and then, oh, no, I'm going to get angry about this. And so, I just can't watch it. It's I, like, you're a grown man, fuck off. I've, I've, I've been looking at a bit of um, Guardiola analysis this week because there's there's been a lot of, you know... Is he gonna stay? Is he gonna get just a lot of nonsense yeah. around Guardiola, and I, um, and something did resonate with me about the intensity that he, he um demands of his team, and how over long periods of time that in itself is too much. Is 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 too much? Yeah. Um, and something that that really jumped out at me this week is that Man City have made seventy six changes to their team this Premier League season, as in starting lineups, personnel, and formation. Yeah, wow. 76. So that's different formations and different personnel within the within games itself. Um, Chris Wilder, for example, only made 30. Brendan Rodgers at Leicester only made 44. Klopp has only made 46. 76. Now, if you look at... Um, let's go back to the confusion in the West Ham the central central yeah. defenders, right? That that's confusion. Whatever, whose responsibility is it? You know, and we saw that be exposed. Now, when we look at Manchester City, I think everyone can unite in their opinion that where they've struggled this year is conceding goals. Where they, where they've, of course, when you concede goals, you lose games. Yeah. I, get, I know that sounds like an obvious yeah, no, thing, yeah. but we've looked at their centre back partnerships. We look at Fernandinho playing there. Laporte now, if you're being Laporte, okay, so so we've said that they are deficient in defence. That's that's commonly yeah. accepted. They attack very well, but deficient in defence. I'd argue this weekend they didn't attack very well because they had what seventy thousand shots and didn't score any. So that's not really they're not penetrating. Although their xG might be up. Um, <laughs> however, I'd I'd say that if you are making seventy six changes to your team and your formation, it will absolutely start confusing footballers. Yeah, and when- and you can't you can't expect you to to know like Liverpool know. You can't expect them to just know where everyone will be at all times, know where your outlet ball is, know when it's time to hoof it. You just can't know. And even if you know in the first half and then he tweaks things at half-time, you don't know in the second half. And that means you, you you're, the mental energy that's required to stay on top of that is something that's, that's only sustainable for so long. Did you see in the news today, this is related to Man City, that Messi at Barcelona has had a big falling out with Eric Abadal, um, who's the director of football. Um, well, we don't know Barcelona. that. It was like a public falling out on Twitter. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> like it but they've said a few such things. Such a now thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've said yeah. a few things. But So Messi has a clause in his contract that says he can leave at the end of this season for free if he chooses to. Is Messi and Pep Guardiola going to be at Man City next year? No. I just think Messi arcs up at the end of every year of his contract and gets to double your money and see you later. But they I are totally so agree. they are so reliant on Messi though. Like I look at Barcelona now and I I don't think they're that great. And this the thing was about uh Abidal accused the um well or or you know, put it out there that the players um weren't happy with the previous coach, yes. which, so, is why, um, which is why he got the boot. And then Messi was like, hold on, you know, we... Don't yeah. blame the players. Um, and he, I think he was also something about not trying hard enough. Um, but they are very reliant on Messi. I think this is the weakest the Barcelona's team's been for a while. Eric Abadal, it's kind of an amazing story. You know, he had, remember he had the liver transplant? Yeah. But I was looking at it, when I saw this, I'm like, hold on. 
Eric Abadal, <laughs> I remember him as a player. What, he's director of football at Barca? Yeah. How does that happen? Like, I know he played there. He played like 100 odd games or something. But then he went, uh, he went, he ended up at Olympiacos, I think, <clears throat> finished his career there playing, and then went straight to director of football at Barcelona. That's a like, big how jump. does that happen? How do you go straight from being a player? Somebody goes, "Oh, that guy will make a good director of football." That's not just from a player. Any, that's not just manager. The business now you need as a director of football. Exactly. So, I'm like, how does that possibly the biggest club in the world? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I, I feel like I need to do more research because I yeah, just thought that was bizarre. Some, I'm like, like player, director of football, and biggest yeah. club in the world. What? <laughs> like, come again? Like, you're yeah. a random left back, yeah. and then you're director of football. You're missing the suitcase full of cash. Um, <laughs> One other thing before we go off Man City that I want to talk about. Yeah. It was on my list three weeks ago and it just I didn't get to talk about it. And then in the time that's followed, it's just sort of exacerbated my um, thoughts on it, which yeah. is, and it's Sterling. Yeah. Now, he started the year amazingly, and this probably speaks to your point a bit about the intensity of Guardiola and, and the change. Um, something's wrong with Sterling. Now, we talked to him, but he had a brilliant start to the year and we have talked about how he has progressed from not making the right decision to suddenly always making the right decision and you know scoring lots of goals you know what not um dallying on the ball when he's got the chances not overthinking it just doing and doing it right and we're like this is amazing i feel like in the last probably six to eight weeks he's gone back a bit more to the Raheem Sterling that looks a bit indecisive and isn't making the right decisions and is missing lots of chances. Now, I don't know whether that's a confidence thing or whether is he just tired? Because I think the the Sane injury is big because last year and the year before, Man City could rotate Sterling, Sane. They often played, obviously, Silva would play. uh, Bernardo Silva would play wide right. So Sterling did get a bit of a break. Whereas with Sane injured, if there's one player... I I haven't got any stats to back this up, but I feel like if there's one player from the, you know, Man City's wealth of attacking riches that essentially still has to play every week at the moment, it's Sterling. Yeah, and Sterling does play every week and he gets picked every week. And now I think it's that as a manager do you go I'll take you out because you're having a bad run or do I go no I've got faith in you you're going to be good so I'll stick with you and I think it's gone too far now that Pep Guardiola just has to keep picking but is he him. tired yeah. do you think it's, do you think it's does, he need a, does he need a break or is it conf- he does strike he, me he, he, plays, a- he plays every game for England he plays every Champions League game because he's, he's a starter for Man City he's in their best 11 he plays every Premier League game over an incredibly busy Christmas period of course he's absolutely knackered and they're just about to come into a Champions League period mm. so like the, he's killing him but the yeah. league's gone I think yeah so oh, if you're Pep like for instance the weekend just gone not just give him a break and go the Champions League's our thing I'm going to give you a break Raheem you may not want it but I'm going to give you a break because I want your best I want to win the Champions League I want you to star I'm going to you know give you a week just to have a rest and then we'll go well they've got a two week break now I can only think of two times in modern footballing history where a team has successfully given up on the league to concentrate on a European competition true and that is when Manchester United did it under Mourinho, the Europa with the League. Europa League, yeah. and when Liverpool did it, 
when they finished fifth and won the Champions League. We we yes. forget that yeah. the, the year yeah. that Liverpool beat AC Milan on penalties, yeah. they finished fifth in the league. Everton yeah. finished fourth. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, <laughs> you don't forget. But, yeah, of course I don't forget. Best, yeah, yes, right. Right. I, I know so, what you so mean. You can't just go, oh, whatever. So it gonna... takes an incredible... Yeah. Um, type of mentality to, to maintain consistency to the point where you're at the top of your game and then the, the pressure that you have on those Champions League games I'm not saying Pep it's also doing not it, Pep, doing it. but it's not Pep because Pep is about perfection yeah so he can't he his the way his thought processes work he can't switch from I'll be perfect this week to not quite yeah he can't week. do 90 percent this like week hundred percent of all the, the time, time all yeah. the time perfect can, can i can we talk about the leicester chelsea game that's what we're going to go on to next jeff so good well, chelsea um, drew two all with leicester it's just strange isn't it a weekend that rudiger scores two and yeri mina scores two what a weird yeah, well, what a, what a yeah. weird weekend of football um I, I, one thing i wanted to highlight from this game is is frank lampard's performance yep um now, obviously, uh, what's his name started as a centre forward? Um, Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham what's is, his name? What's, you know, that bloke. <laughs> Tammy. Tammy. Big, big Tammo. Super yeah. Tammy. Super Tammo. Yeah. He started up front. Yes. He's a striker. Right. Yeah. Um, came off injured. Came off injured. Yeah, he's not really fit. Like, he shouldn't... He, he Lampard made him play through the pain. Yeah. That's from my sources in, yes. in London. That's what, that's what I've been told. <laughs> and that's why he went off injured. Giroud wasn't even on the bench, yeah. and Michi Bashwai was on the bench. However, when um, Tammy came off, he put Willian up front. Now, I don't understand that. No, I completely agree. I've... Has he ever? I don't know. If Willian's ever played as a false nine. So, so why, why say Giroud you can't go in the summer? Oh, sorry, in in the transfer window. Why keep him but not even bring him in your matchday squad? Why have a striker on the bench that you're not willing to play? And then why play a nippy winger up front who's never played in that position? Lampard said to said about Giroud he can leave as long as we bring one in. So that was the idea. It's like you can go if we bring one in. It got closer and closer to the end, so they couldn't bring one in, so they didn't let him leave. Should have got a Garlo. Um, they could have got a Garlo. <laughs> Man United's a Garlo. Josh King. Yeah. Um, no, we don't need Josh King. We've got a Garlo. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and uh, so Giroud stays. Giroud's won the World Cup for France and plays in quite similar way to Tammy Abraham. He's a different player, hasn't mm. got the pace, but is actually quite similar. It makes no sense to me that you're not having Jura on the bench and going, he's an experienced guy, he's won the World Cup, he knows what he's doing, you can just chuck him in there and he'll be brilliant. Be the backboard. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think, you know, I've obviously been quite vocal about my doubts over Frank Lampard and, and I'm not going to say that this instance, like this this in-game management scenario that I've just highlighted is the proof that he's a bad manager. I'd say his whole management career is proof that he's a bad manager and this <laughs> reinforces that stance. Um, I, I, you know, and he came out at the end and said it was a very entertaining game. No, I'd say it wasn't an entertaining game. I'd say, yes, it was 2-2 and it was end-to-end all the second half, but I'd say that it was it was based on problems. It was two oh, teams playing craply yeah, together. Yeah, based on issues, well, not, this, not this based is on... what I on, wanted to talk to you about as well. And I found this really interesting because what you wrote on our playlist, John, yeah, either a great or an awful game, yeah, was exactly what I came to talk about. And I think I was like, football was so fickle because I it was really interesting watching the game. The special comments Optus guy, yeah, I don't know who he is. I think he's Northern Irish or something. Um, I was either guy who gets really excited, really excited, yeah. yeah. Um, said it was on 
commentary was one of the better. This at the end of the first half, it was one of the best first halves of football he'd seen all year. Loved it. Had a great time. Really yeah, enjoyed well. it. Thought it was great. And then at the same time, I'm reading the text updates on the BBC, essentially saying it was an awful game. And I just find it interesting that even that you know t- they would class themselves as experts about football, which their um, career can have such vastly differing it's, opinions it, it, about the same game. Now, I also you say it was an awful game. I had a really good time in this game. <laughs> I I, yeah. I watched it. I and I um, I thought it was great. I do think there was some aspects of it that weren't great, but I also give Lampard a bit of credit because I I. Obviously, indeed, he missed out. He was a late, late out. Yeah. I think that was big for Leicester. But the way Chelsea started, I was really impressed with some of their play. Um, Reese James, so he good. is going to be a serious, serious player. The more I see him, he is brilliant. And I also really enjoyed Hudson Odoi and the way yeah. they played mm. together. I'm like, they, as a Chelsea fan, like, well, it could be ten years there. They look great, but then. Uh, it was definitely a bit, you know, it's like end to end, a bit, a bit sloppy. It's an exchange I, I can, of I shit. Can, really, yeah. like I it's can weird. see why, but it was, but it was great. It was was great to watch, though. It's like, one of those games that. that is a lot of fun, really good yeah. fun to watch. But it was really good fun because both teams were a little bit crap. Yeah, I agree. Which, the, the quality was not. But that's like as an entertainment piece, great. But you can't say both team. You go, they should be in top four playing Champions League football because. You play like that against Juventus, you're found out in minutes. But it's not it's not bloody the WWF or whatever. It's not called WWF anymore, is it? I'm old. <laughs> what is it? WWE? No, like, they it, were separate. Yes, I, I get it. There was, there's always no, been that was w- WCW, Rog. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, uh, obviously. Now I'm looking Obviously. <laughs> so what's WWE? Um, it's the Undertaker. It's WWF, but in, before they got taken to court by the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund. Is the Undertaker still in it? Probably he's like hundred six years old. Um. Anyway, it's not. Uh, yes, it's entertainment. We go to football yeah. for entertainment. However, was it? Is it Jonathan Wilson who always says that the best game of football is a nil nil? Yeah, the perfect yeah. game of football would be nil nil. Yeah, you cancel it, each other it, out. It, exactly right. But and, it was at half time. Uh, but I'd say that the first half was not a perfect game of football. It was. It was a calamity of errors. I, they didn't lead to goals, but I wouldn't say that there was any kind of purist football on on show. And so, when you say that there's two very different opinions from people who enjoy football, I, I'd say that this game is really what side of the fence you sit on. It was entertaining to see goals. It was entertaining to have them come from places places you didn't expect. Well, and no, some, I, crazy I only watched the first half, and I I really enjoyed the first half. I, you know, I. Oh, I felt that this game lacked any real class and any real nous. Yeah. And and that, to me, was like, well, what do I watch football for? I, I'm not going to say that I'm on some fucking Guardiola plane where I look at things like I'm in the Matrix. But but when you watch football, you do look at who's standing next to each other. You, you look at how far apart they are. You, you know, you look at their defensive midfielder and whether he drops in given the opportunity and, and how their wing-backs work. And you look at the... The, the the structural uh, pros and cons of two sides up against each other. And when I watched this game, I, I just didn't see anything that made me feel like someone else was in more control than me. Oh, I disagree. I think there were moments... It didn't quite work, and it was a bit hurly-burly, but I saw moments... Like I saw potential with... Um, Reese James and Hudson Odoi and the way they interchanged and and you like stick with that. I saw Tealmans do things Barnes and you can see good. he's got class. I like Barnes, but he kind of plays to what Jeff's saying. He's an in accident. That if he could finish, 
He scored three and three. He has scored three and three, but they've still he's also missed seventeen chances. Yes, yeah. and those three and three are all accidents. Is those players yeah, that you I go, just, you've scored, but I don't think you meant. He's it. not quite there. It's like, called a DCL. And yeah. to me, like yeah, in the in the England conversation, I'd still have him a fair way behind, um, for instance, Madison and um, yeah. Lee Hendry over at Villa there. Um, but, okay, no, we've got to move on to side stories because okay. we're running out of time. So, does anyone have any side stories? Yeah. Go on, watch. I'll reel them off. Uh, Haaland scored again. Eight and four. <laughs> he is now, after playing 156 minutes in the Bundesliga, he's the 10th top goal scorer in the league. Do you know, wow. I, every side story from now until the end of the season is going to be a Haaland update. Probably. And Just for which, you. What, it's Doesn't okay. matter, you got Igalo. Igalo. Ex-Watford yeah. Igalo. Yeah. Um, so depressing. The other one... He's going to bring with him coronavirus and all, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> surprised he was allowed out. Did any of you see Paolo Maldini's son? Yes, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Daniel Maldini. I really enjoyed I'm, that, yeah. Daniel. Yes. Danny. Uh played and he's an attacking midfielder which is a bit of a shame oh so we obviously had cesare maldini yes fairly dour uh paolo maldini who was i mean i i used to love watching football <laughs> italia and i watched a lot of pa- paolo maldini and he was so good do you know paolo maldini 647 games also won the champions league five times that's ridiculous. Five Holy times. Crap. That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, really, really good. He was good. so good. Uh, but I just saw his son and I was like, well, I'm old, but also Has, kind of exciting. Has Gareth Bale won it four times? Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Madrid have won it four times since he's been there. Or three. No, three. Three. Three out of four. No, they've won four out of five, haven't they? Yeah. So anyway, Gareth Bale's won it quite a lot. They did three in a row. Yeah, they did three in a did row. They did three in a row. Um, Jeff, do you have any side stories? No, no. Well, nor do I, because my side story was messy, which we've mentioned earlier already. Um, oh, wait. Steve Bruce. Can I talk about that quickly? Oh, you Steve can... Bruce, transfer window. Um, this was amazing. Uh, he essentially came out and said that he had a secret signing. Oh, and yeah. And it was going to break their transfer record. I haven't was in front of me. I'm making it up. I just saw it and it was so good. I think Steve Bruce is crap. We know that. Um, but there were two things I saw this week. One is him coming out and saying, oh, no one should say we're lucky. And I'm the only manager that comes out and says things like that is a manager that's lucky and they're a bit crap. But also it was this big whole thing and he came out in the transfer window saying, we were going to break the record. Can't tell you who it was. It was you We know, had a plane book. We had a plane book, lots of money, brilliant. And then like that was it. <laughs> Steve. What, what's that's, the point? Like, what, are you, what are you trying to do with this? Like, what? Yeah. Oh, anyway. can we just quickly nod the head to Alan St. Maximin's goal in the FA Cup? Oh, this morning against Oxford. Against Oxford United, it last minute winner good. in extra time. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing a lot of people wax lyrical today about that bloke, and I just would like to mention that we mentioned that a very long time. Oh, I think after he one is game. fairly close to wall status. Oh yeah. Well, I yeah. back. I would back Jeff in on this. I um. I'm a fan. He's still crap. He's an accident player, isn't he? He's one of those people who accidentally scores a wonder goal. Oh, he's but, in Newcastle. He's like but, the next, the, next the, Ginola. What I will disagree with is it feels like the common consensus is he's raw and exciting. So a few more years in the Premier League and we're really going to see a great player. No. I feel like a few more years in the Premier League will take away the raw and exciting and what's left is probably a Theo Walcott. Yes. But So what we're enjoying now, peak, lap it up, people. Peak maximum. Yeah. Um, before we go on to the end game... Gareth Bale's won four Champions Leagues oh, in Real Madrid. So Real Madrid won it, and then Barcelona won it, and then Real Madrid won three in a row. 
That's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so it is end game time. So the scores are Rogers on six, Jeff is on five, I'm on four. So Jeff won last week. So you're quiz master to choose I'm the game. So glad the pressure is not on me to screw this up because the last few weeks, until last week's roaring victory, the last few weeks I've really just embarrassed myself. So it's nice to be on the other other side of roaring the... victory last week. I'm mm. pretty sure it was it was who didn't lose last week. Yeah. I don't think there was a winner. I think for the last six weeks, no one's got. We've not got deep. We've not got deep. I tell you. Okay, so as we saw Liverpool beat. Oh, you found um, one in the end, didn't Southampton you? 4-0 uh, at the weekend. I've gone for a Liverpool-Southampton game. Nice. And this is the last time that Southampton beat Liverpool. Okay. In 2013 at Anfield. 2013? Yeah. At Anfield. Can you let us know managers, please? Yes. No, I actually can't. Because <laughs> <not my>, I <laughs> don't have it. Uh, Rafa Benitez. Ooh. And I can't remember uh, the Southampton manager. Okay, and who goes first? It was 1-0 Southampton. And who is the most recent victor? Who was the Southampton manager? I can't can't remember. Oh, yes, I can. Um, what's his face? Keeman? Just, no. Pre, um, oh, fucking just got the sack from Spurs. Oh, Pochettino. 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 Yeah. 2013. Okay. Um, and Roger's up first. Uh, Steven Gerrard correct oh that was my one banker <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, 2013 Mane oh no he's not going to be there John oh no John Mane. I mean I'm assuming you were thinking for Southampton. Yeah. Nah, he only played there for what a year, year and a half, something like that. Oh <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, that is just terrible. You people are terrible. Wouldn't oh. catch me being so bad. Oh good old Stevie G. Okay, you could have had so you've got to kick yourself on this one. Oh, right. Cause okay, so Liverpool starting lineup. Uh Mignolet, yeah. Colo Torre, yeah. Skirtle, Aga, Sacco. Gerard. Oh, wait, that's an odd oh, yeah. platform. Yeah. Gerard, Lucas, Jordan Henderson, Igor Aspas. Sorry, Ego Aspas. <laughs> Igor. Igor. <laughs> uh, Victor Moses and, Dan- and Daniel oh, Sturridge. Yeah, yeah, you're Victor alone. Moses yeah. is at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel Sturridge up front. But that's wh- actually that's quite tough, that yeah. team. Yeah. But where you should have got it was the Southampton team, because this is probably the best Southampton team they will ever Lallana, have. Um Lambert. Boroch in goal. Yep. Nathaniel Klein. Jose Fonte. Jose Fonte? Jose Fonte. Jose Fonte. Jose Fonte. Dijon Lovren. Yeah. Luke Shaw. Dijon Mustard. Yeah, Dijon. What do you call him? Dijon. Nah, man. Dijon. Luke Shaw. Dijon, because he's spicy, isn't he? Or CD? Which was, one? It was definitely CD. It was left back. Uh, Luke Shaw. Oh, yeah. In midfield, Wanyama, Schneidlin, and Lalana. Oh, and who was up top? Uh, Osvaldo, Jay Rodriguez, and Ricky Lambert. I had Ricky Lambert top of the list. Osvaldo? Like, Osvaldo. Remember Osvaldo? Yeah, they, Danny Osvaldo. They yeah. bought him for nine million, and then he headbutted a guy in training, and they sacked him. Wasn't that uh, Gabbiadini? No, no, Manolo Gabbiadini was going to be the best player in the world. But I've got, I've got to say, that starting lineup for Southampton yeah, 2013 is just incredible. Well, two years later, they had Van Dyke and Sadio Mane in there. It was even better. Yeah. 
Well, John, that was... Um... Well, that was a fail. Wait, who did you have on top of your list? Um, Ricky Lambert. Why didn't you say Ricky Lambert? Because I panicked. I can't... 2013, I can't work out whether that was last year. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> like, is it a really long time ago or is it not very... Yeah, there's sort of middle ground. It's really tough. Yeah, you, really could, do, tough. you could do the 90s and yeah. you could do now. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like things have not actually changed that much. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh, 2013, God. But it's seven years ago and yeah. Ricky Lambert was playing. Like, Ricky Lambert's crap. And so yeah. my brain can't work out when 2013 How many was. of those players went to Liverpool? Lot. Like it's madness, yeah. Ricky Lambert worked in a beetroot factory. Yeah, he did. Mm. Brilliant. Okay. Love that. Um, are we all done? It's been great. It's been great. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week, hopefully a bit earlier than what we are this week. With a brand new sofa, though, John, oh, next yes. week. Yeah. Don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something, it's just not find us fit. on Facebook. <laughs> or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com and let Jeff know how to fit his couch into the room. Not Thanks, fit. everyone. Bye. Definitely, Bye. Definitely not going to fit.